Come on, let's give the Lord a praise offering. Come on, lift up a shout of praise. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Woo! You know, it's interesting. I read Dr. Fernald's uh, 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 obituary, and I mean, this was not just any guy. I mean, this guy graduated from Brown University, uh, and then he got his medical degree from Harvard University. I mean, you know, this guy was the real deal. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was Megan's doctor uh, for uh, quite some time. So uh, I know a lot of you new people would have no idea who Will Fernald is, but us old timers uh, who actually write checks still, hallelujah. <laughs> we would all know who he is. Listen, I am super excited today. Um, I can already tell you that uh, batting your seatbelts, 11.15 is not going to happen, okay? So uh, this message has been brewing for weeks, and uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about today's lesson because we've activated everything about what I'm going to preach today. And so, hey, you know what? I, I, I see Kathy Snow here today, a longtime Redeemer friend. Let's welcome Kathy here today. God bless you, sister. It's always good to see you. And, uh, and so, you know, I began this message series several weeks ago, and uh, we uh, built this off of Romans 16, 17. And uh, just to reconnect with the theme and the thought behind this, I just have felt like uh, for months and months and months, beginning back in April, that if the church is going to uh, go through these places where, where we're being led to, we have got to be true and fast to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. We can't be swayed and moved by every wind of doctrine or, or persuasive thing that is being spoken to us through society. And I just said to Tammy, I said, for 50 some odd years now, Redeemer Church has been true to the Word of God. And, and I want to make sure that you, when you weigh what's being said across the earth today and you weigh it against the gospel, that you're going to know what's true and what's not true. You're going to know where to stand and where not to stand. Okay, because these are days that we have got to understand the, the, the times that we're living in. And so when the Apostle Paul said in Romans 16, 17, he says, Now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith. Watch out for people who cause division and upset people's faith by teaching things that are contrary to what you have been taught. You know, there's a lot of things that are in our society right now. They're branded one thing, and if you looked at what they were branded, you would say, wow, that looks like a good cause. But when you dig into what they're teaching, then you better know the truth of the word. You better know that what they are saying is totally contrary to God. It doesn't matter what they're putting on a billboard. It's not what you want to be a part of. Now, I want to tell you something as well. The things that are being promoted on billboards, per se, are the things that people in our society are gravitating to. And why is that? Because they don't know the truth. And the truth comes by measuring everything against God's word. That is the only way you can measure truth is through God's word. And so the Apostle Paul says, people that are teaching these things are contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Last week, if you watched our video message, uh, you see I talked about those, the, the things that we need to avoid. The Bible is super clear on those things that we need to avoid. 
And it says this in verse 18, such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. That's the, the, the encouragement that he's giving to the church in Rome. And as I, I told you before, a church that he had not even visited when he had given this, this letter to them. But guess what? Obedient people in the Lord, their, their accolades travel across many areas in time. Now, it's interesting, he would know that. There, you know, we all know there was no Instagram, no Facebook, no, no Twitter, no uh, email, no texting. There was none of that stuff. But when people of God are doing something amazing, it travels. Amen? And so God is, is to be glorified in everything that we do so that our obedience can be seen by other people. It says, but everyone knows that you're obedient. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing what is right and stay innocent of anything wrong. And what will happen? The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. And so we've been going over mostly in this series, not who we don't need to be hanging around, but who we do need to hang around. Okay, we talked about hanging around with, with people who love Jesus, people who love the word, people who are unashamed, people who are on fire, people who are encouragers, people who have been forgiven much. And I'm telling you, that one is so dear to my heart. People who have been forgiven much, you want to be around them. People who are adventurous, people who walk by faith. I'm going to be talking over the next two weeks about faith. We need to hang around people who, who walk by faith. But the other thing that we need to do is we need to hang around people who are givers. When you hang around people who are givers, there's something that you see, uh, an unselfish sacrifice that comes from people who are givers. And it's something that when you see it happen and you see what happens inside of them and that to those who they bless, it's something that's extremely contagious. As a matter of fact, uh, I have more notes up here than I've probably ever had for any sermon that I have ever preached in our lifetime. And so uh, it's interesting. Givers change situations, listen to this, and challenge people to put their trust and faith in the Lord. Givers challenge, change situations. That's just a fact. When you give into something, it changes the atmosphere of that situation. Givers uh, not only change situations, but they challenge people to uh, put their trust and faith in the Lord. A lot of times, givers give into things, whether it's with your time or your talents or your treasures, whatever it is that you give. When you give that to somebody who has a situation going on in their life, it brings God into the midst of their circumstances. And I know this, and I've said this for years, that just one touch from the king changes everything. And that's what givers do, whether it's with their time or whether it's with their resources or whether it's with their treasures. Yesterday, we were uh, picking up uh, a lot of wood and delivering it to different family members for the wintertime. And the guy that was there handling the situation, I could see that he was extremely troubled, but yet in his heart was a great person. 
And, uh, you know, it was laborious. It was, it was uh, labor taxing. It was something that a 58-year-old guy shouldn't be doing too much of, but yet you were doing it anyway. And so we were getting ready to pull out as we were loaded with our second or third load of wood. And I just looked and the Lord said, you need to pray for Sam. That was the guy who was helping us get everything together. How many of you all know that everybody has a story? Amen. Would you agree with me? Everybody has a story. But the problem is, is so many times in the body of Christ, we just walk by the people who God gives us uh, an unction for, or we just, we're, we're so caught up in everything that we are doing, we can't take the time to just stop and, and, and say a good word, give a prophetic utterance to, to pray for people. And so the Lord just said, look, you need to stop. There's nothing that you're doing that's so important that you don't want to hear from Sam. And so Sam came over, I told him, asked him if he'd come over to the car, and he began to tell us his story. And uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a tragedy. It was a tale of so many negative things that had happened in his life. He'd had a son, a 13-year-old son, die in an automobile accident. He had had a 19-year-old stepdaughter who had died of an overdose. He had lost his license through uh, various situations. He had owed fines of up to $30,000 to be able to get uh, his license back. I mean, this is a, a, a typical tragedy of a life. And I, I looked at Sam and I asked him, I said, do you believe that there's a God? Oh, yeah, I believe that God is the only thing I have to hold on to. And uh, so I began to just pray for him. Pray just words of encouragement and, and you know, uh, had some prophetic insight for his life. And when we were done, you know, Sam said, you know what? There's times I feel like just packing it in and giving up. But what you've done today has encouraged me to continue to walk forward. Just one word into people's lives, just a little bit of time, just turning your eyes upon what somebody else's situation is and moving away from yours, giving something of yourself. Do you, how many of you realize that giving costs you something, amen? But I guarantee you, the cost of what you give is never associated with the magnitude of what you get back by being a blessing to other people's lives. You know, how do we even think of giving in these days? Well, giving is like this. First of all, you, you, you have to know the source of giving. And when you know God, you know giving. Because God is the one who has given uh, so many different things to us that they're almost immeasurable what God has done. And so, first of all, to know the truth of his giving is critical to us. Turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah uh, chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12. And this is what Isaiah chapter 12 says in verses 1 and 2. And you're going to see that five things that in just these two verses that God has given unto us. It says, in that day you will sing, hallelujah. I guess this was that day today, amen? When we got to just sing and worship to the Lord. It says, I will praise you, O Lord. You were angry with me, but not anymore. Now you comfort me. Verse 2 says, see, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has what? 
given me the victory. Now, I didn't talk to Ian about this sermon today, but isn't it interesting that the whole theme has so far uh, uh, wrapped around victory. And when you give of yourself, there is victory that's always around the corner. Five things that God has given us in Isaiah 12 too. First of all, he's given us salvation. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave the most treasured item that he had. He could have sent anything to be a, a sustainable sacrifice for us, but he didn't give just anything, amen? How many of you realize that in our lives, we've got to be willing to not just give anything, your leftovers. It's like when you have a canned food drive and you rifle through your, your cupboard and you pick out all the cans that you don't want to eat and then you're willing to give those to the people who are in need. I want to challenge you. Never give what's uh, something you don't want anymore. Give what you do want. Give what's your most favorite thing to other people because, see, that's what God has done. He gave his very best for us, and that's the ultimate challenge that we have to see as givers, that we are giving the things that are the most sacrificial things that we have. And that's what God did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes on him should live forever, have everlasting life, should have their sins forgiven. But that only scratches the surface of what that gift has done for us. We see in the second thing that he's given here, he's given us courage. If you would, put up Joshua 1, 9, and 10. He's given us courage. And we need to, that this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this is what helps people's dreams begin to come to pass, is knowing that wherever we are, that God is with us, that wherever we are, that we don't need to walk in discouragement, but we need to be encouraged. That's what he gives us. He gives us courage to face those situations that challenge our life the most. The third thing we see that he gives us there is strength. And let's look at 2 Corinthians uh, uh, as we look here. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. For each time he said, my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. My power works best in what? Your weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can what? Work through me. See, he gives us strength in those situations of our life. The, 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 the fourth thing it says there is that he gives us a new song. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, you know, when people go on mission trips with me and, and they see every morning I come down to breakfast, I'm singing songs, and they'll say to Tammy all the time, does he do that all the time? And she says, yes, all the time. That's what he does. Well, I look at it this way. If God's going to give us a new day, we ought to have a new song in our heart. Amen? A song of adoration to our King. He gives us a new song. In Psalm 43, it says, He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done, and they will be, everybody say, amazed. And they will put their trust in the Lord. 
I was amazed this morning when Rachel came up and she was talking about Psalm or Isaiah 40, 31. Friday night, that was my theme scripture for what I prayed for the Reynoldsburg football team. And uh, it was amazing to see what God is doing in those situations, whether it be with coaches or with players or the people that we get to be around. When we impart something of the word of God, something begins to change and we become transformed. Amen. And so we have something new always to sing unto the Lord. The fifth thing that uh, it talks about there is it says that we have victory. And so Isaiah 54, 17, these are the things that God gives us. Isaiah 54, 17 says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. Amen. How many of you know that this is that coming day and there's all kinds of garbage that's coming against us. And if you think that this is the worst it's going to get for the church, you better take your belt buckle and tighten it one more notch because you haven't seen anything yet. But good, got good news for you. Our God never leaves or forsakes us. Amen. Our God puts us in places that we are instruments of transformation and he gives us victory. No weapon formed against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication or their victory will come from where? From me, the Lord, I, the Lord, have spoken. I don't know about you, but these scriptures excite me knowing that these are things that God gives. He gives salvation. He gives courage. He gives strength. He gives us a new song. He gives us victory. James 1.5 says this, and I love this because I've used this scripture a multitude of times. If you need wisdom, how many of you need wisdom today, amen? Listen. I can't believe how many things are done outside of the wisdom of God. Everything that can, happens in your life, you can count on God for the wisdom you need to make the best decision for your life. You can trust him that he will never lead you astray. One of the things I know is that when God unleashes his wisdom to his children, sometimes it's hard to walk in the midst of that wisdom because it's contrary to what your flesh would want to do. But when God gives wisdom, it is for your very best. You can hold fast to it. You can know it's true and it will be your best. If you need wisdom, ask who? Our generous God. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, we serve a generous God. And he will give it to you. What will he do? He will give you the wisdom. And he will not rebuke you for asking. And I think that's sometimes when people say no question is a dumb question. That comes right from here. God will not rebuke you for whatever you need wisdom for. Just ask him. And he is there to give it to you liberally. Let's look at 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4. What does God give us? Well, may God give you more and more grace and peace. How many of you would say, yes, God, give me grace and give me peace. Amen. As you grow in your knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep going. Verse three. No, verse three. You don't have verse three in there. Okay. Verses three and four talk about that. God has given us his promises. 
And all of his promises are yes and amen. And what God gives, he doesn't pull back. He gives it liberally, he gives it generously, and he gives it to all of those who will take it and run with it. Uh, uh, John 16, 13 uh, says this. It says that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. God gives us the spirit to guide us and to lead us. And I don't know about you, but we serve a good God who's giving us everything we need for these victories that when you came forward today and you said, I need to move to the next plateau, I need to be victorious, you need to hold on to these scriptures because God is the giver of all of these things. As a matter of fact, it says in James 1.17 that every good and perfect gift comes from above, that God is the giver of those things that move us forward. Now, one of the things that I'm not going to get into, but you need to look up on your own, is that uh, this is what Jesus has given us. He's given us a picture of the New Testament church. And when you read Mark 1, beginning in verse 13 to the end, you will see that Jesus has given us a picture of what the New Testament church was to look at. And so I'm not, I don't have time to, that's a whole nother message that I'll love to preach. As a matter of fact, I've preached it 10 years ago, but I'd love to preach that again because I preach very few things a second time. But we, we also know that God is, is the one who uh, has set the course. He's showing us who we can be by giving us his son to show us who he is, amen? Aren't you glad that through Jesus' life we get a good look at who God is? Listen, the idea of giving is something that challenges our flesh to the very core. Challenges our flesh to the very uh, uh, inner part of our being. A couple weeks ago, Tammy and I were uh, in Florida on vacation and we went to have dinner with one of our friends, Oscar and Marcy uh, Nuncio. And you, you've heard me talk about Oscar many times, an amazing man. One of the things that came up in the dinner was is that you know, Oscar's deeply entrenched and tied into Central America. And he said, Pastor, there are so many people in Central America who this COVID-19 thing has brought them to their knees. No food, no money to purchase anything, no, uh, uh, they are just destitute. And Marcy and I have done everything that we can. Every week we send money to different people. After the dinner was over, Tammy and I got in our car and we thought we know what Oscar's you, you know, wealth situation is. We know what he has, but you know what? As I said to you before, givers change situations and challenge people to put their trust and faith in the Lord. And Tammy and I both knew we've got to do something. We, these are our friends. We have hundreds of pastors and ministries and people around the world who are in desperate need of, of finances during this time. And we both said, yes, we agree that we want to do everything we can, but we knew this problem, this situation was way bigger than the two of us. And we said, we have got to go in front of the church 
and see what kind of remnant givers that we will have to help satisfy this situation of our friends being in desperate need around the world. And what we found was astounding. What we, what we found was incredible. And it goes back to the idea that givers change situations and challenge people to walk in a different place of trust. A couple weeks ago, we took an offering, and, and that offering has still continued to grow. at somewhere around $18,000 at this time, $18,000, where people gave, uh, dug deep in, into their lives. They, they stripped something that, that uh, was going to be something that they could have had or something that they could have wanted, and, and they dug deep into their pockets, and they sewed into this in a tremendous manner. And I, I tell you what, I want to encourage you today that every place that we have deposited a dollar in has brought back testimonies of, of God's faithfulness in their lives, the timeliness of, of receiving funds during this time. I want to take just a moment to share with you, and I'm telling you, my, my phone is blown up on WhatsApp of all the different people who have contacted us. I want you to understand this, that through that offering, we have touched hundreds and hundreds of lives in seven different nations, hundreds of lives. The testimonies that keep coming back are so mind-boggling, they're hard to, to, to hold fast to. One of the things that I know is, is a lot of the money that we gave to pastors who had nothing, they gave out to their people who had even less than they had. What a great testimony to see what people do with the things that they have. Would you uh, put some pictures up for me there, Royal? Let's start with this. This is the first pictures that we're going to show you is uh, uh, from our friend Bishop Godfrey in Uganda. These are, this is you right here. These, this is what you did. All of these bags of food uh, are, are for you. Listen, the, these, this was one particular offering that went into the refugee camps. What Pastor Godfrey does is he has a tremendous heart for the disabled. And maybe when you hear a little about, about his testimony, you will understand why. His testimony goes something like this. My parents were of the Catholic background, and my ambitions while studying, I wanted to be a priest. But later, I converted to the Seventh-day Adventist. I had just married my wife, uh, Maria Lena, whom uh, I have ten children, six sons, and four daughters. After having our firstborn, Jonathan, my wife fell sick and became crippled. She could neither walk nor stand. She was bedridden for five years. There was a, listen, these are not uncommon things. The idea of infant mortality, the rates in these nations are off the chart. The amount of women who die in childbirth, we hear testimonies of this all the time. Every year we hear these testimonies. But listen to what testimony we are hearing. One of the things in our community development course is how to have a successful pregnancy. And we are hearing that all the people that are watching this, uh, one lady, Condolatrice, Kondal, our friend in, in Ungazi, she had had four babies before she watched the teaching on how to have a successful pregnancy. And she said the fifth child that we had was the easiest and the best delivery that I ever had. We're changing lives. We're changing the course of what people are doing. 
there was a family pastor friend who could neither walk or, or, or approach me that if I confessed the name of Jesus with my wife, they would pray and she would get healed. And so uh, I'm going to make this testimony a little shorter. They prayed, she got healed. A week later, after they began to pray for her, she got healed. And so after that, he uh, dedicated his life to the Lord, and he's not, no longer with the Catholic or the Seventh-day Adventist. He's uh, with one of the major denominations there in Uganda. He is somebody who has uh, had a place inside the five refugee camps in Uganda. And uh, these are the th people that he gets to come in contact with. Flip me another picture. Uh, I want to get to the one where, flip me another picture. These are all your goods. This lady right here is from the Congo. Uh, she was uh, taken captive by a group of rebels, and she was raped repeatedly and beaten to the place that her pelvis was broken in multiple places. And at this time, she's recovering in, in this wheelchair, has no way to provide for herself. But guess who did? You guys did. You givers who gave sacrificially. That bag that she is being handed uh, there by one of the workers, and Bishop Godfrey's right in the middle there. He's the one in the middle. Uh, who has done that, but he uh, has distributed to hundreds of people inside this refugee camp. He's provided a blessing that will give them 20 days worth of food. And so you are the ones that got to do that. You were the ones that dug deep into your pockets and got to make that change. So Bishop goes on to tell about his testimony and everything, but because his wife was disabled, God put on his heart a ministry to minister to the disabled people in the refugee camps. And if you think that sometimes our disabled get looked over in this nation, brother, sister, I got news for you. Disabled people in other nations, nobody does anything for them. And so you are associated in sowing a seed to somebody who loves the, the people that no one else will even take care of. And if you don't think God's going to honor that, you got another thing coming. We gave to Bishop Godfrey, and not only did we touch hundreds of people inside the refugee camp, we also uh, touched the 13 pastors there who are doing work in our schools. And this is what Bishop Godfrey wrote to you. On behalf of the facilitators of the HPSMI, the Harvest Preparation Schools of Ministry in Uganda, we hereby convey our appreciation to Pastor Dr. Dwight and the entire Redeemer's Church for the great love you have showed us and the persons with special needs in Kayaka 2, that's the refugee camp, by sending us financial relief to enable us to get food and the basic life necessities during this hard time of the pandemic. Words cannot express the joy uh, we had when we received this relief. Life has become hard in our families and the families of persons with special needs in the refugee camp, but your generosity contributed to survival of our lives. Come on, somebody. That is a great testimony. And when they talk about survival of their lives, they're talking about survival of the lives. It's not some trumped up thing. It is reality that these people 
have this. Let's go into the next couple. There's Bishop right there getting a, one of the first projectors uh, that we sowed into uh, Uganda. So Uganda is a total open field. Uh, all of these refugee camps, there's one camp with 140,000 women, and uh, they've asked us to bring a team of women, women's ministry people to minister to those uh, people. How many women here would like to go at, to Uganda and hold a meeting with about 10,000 women? Amen? Let, we're going to do that. That's, that. That is going to happen. I was, that wasn't a rhetorical question. I wanted to get a picture of all y'all who raised your hands because we'll need all of you. Okay, let's go to the next picture here. This is an interesting thing. These are uh, people that run the Samuels Generation Ministry in Gatega in Burundi. What has happened here that when we started our HPISM, the Harvest Preparation Schools of Ministry, they came and got trained and saw a big picture. See, when you give something, it increases people's faith to allow them to dream beyond what they could dream in the past. Now, it's interesting because at the beginning of planning all of these schools, they had been let down so many times by the Mzungus that they were waiting to see how real we were going to be. And when we began to do graduations, they began to say, wow, this thing is for real. And the explosion that has came from that is astronomical. But here's an interesting thing that has happened. And these testimonies are everywhere across the areas that we're touching. This is a group that's called the Samuels Generation. And the guy who runs Samuel Generation is one of 24 churches that have come together in Gatega to begin to minister to their city and change it together. The unity that has came through the Bible College is unbelievable. So when this guy, he's one of our regional reps, and he got $150 uh, from us, this guy took all of his $150, didn't touch his family with it, but he began to, to, to reach out to the children through the Samuels Generation Ministry. And this is a, a, a picture of some of the 75 children that he has given school supplies, school uniforms, and food for because there was no other way that this was going to happen because uh, everybody is so broken poor in, in the nation of Burundi. Do you realize that Burundi is the fourth poorest nation in all of the world? Fourth poorest nation. But guess what? Almost $5,000 of your generous offering was poured into that nation. This is one of the things that occurred. There are so many things that have occurred. Uh, we have 20 regional reps. They all got money. We work with uh, UCE, which is our, our, our ministry that we work with. All of their workers got support. Uh, so, uh, and we also have an orphanage that uh, we have done good work in and all of their workers and all of the people that run this school uh, for Kunli, who I'm going to talk about here in a minute, they all got money. So this is what has happened. You know, you sowed a dollar and they made a miracle out of it. Amen. You sowed a hundred dollars and, and we sowed 150 bucks into this guy and he, he took that money and transformed his city with that 150 bucks. $150 in Burundi is a month's wages for a pastor 
or a ministry, a whole month's wages. Take what you make in a month and imagine what you could do if somebody gave that to you right now. But that's what we were able to do here. And so this is what they, they write back to us. Praise the Lord. It's a great honor that we receive from God for those in Gatega. You have to, they, they write kind of broken, so just bear with me. After having received the grace of the Bible college and mastering us together, 24 churches of different doctrines, we are creating a common name that brings us together called the Samuel's Generation. I spent a lot of the day without doing anything due to the illness problem and caused the problem of lack of office funds, which means the uh, person where we were doing the ministry was, was going to pull back what we could do. In the name of all the churches that carry out these activities in Gatega, we thank Dr. Dwight and the family of Redeemer's Church for this blessing, which allows us to pay for keeping our ministry alive and help the most vulnerable children that we have given scholar materials. And there are uh, uh, other children that we have done great things with. And again, but thanks to Dr. Dwight and the Redeemer's Church, the children are happy to have the materials uh, like the others. So the Lord Almighty bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. My, my hat's off to you guys. This is what givers do. Givers transform situations that are impossible and make them possible. Okay, go on to the, this is another picture of the children. Keep going, keep going. Okay, stop right here. This is uh, an amazing story. This is an orphanage in, uh, in Ghazi that was started by a missionary from Nigeria. A missionary from Nigeria who through all kinds of things, when he was born, he was sick, his mother almost died. The enemy has tried to take his life through multiple ways. Uh, and he finally gave his heart to the Lord after he is going to school to be a chemist. And, and he asked the Lord what in the world, uh, the children are coming back, so just take your kids and just, uh, it, it's okay if they're noisy, it's okay, I don't care, they're kids, they're gonna be noisy. So, uh, so listen, so he then got a heart for Burundi. And, and in his heart for Burundi, uh, he wanted to start a school and touch children's lives. This is an article of the first child that came to this orphanage. His name is Favor. They found him. They, he was deposited in a latrine. His mother gave birth to him and dumped him. And you don't even know a latrine. I'm not talking about... Uh, fancy outside urinals that you get to go in at Muirfield. I'm talking about holes that are buried uh, into the ground that are just, they're the nastiest things that you've ever seen. And he was dropped in that hole. But aren't you glad that God had touched a Nigerian to have a heart to go to Burundi to do ministry? And so they didn't know what to do with this baby. He, he was burnt from the effects of the uh, the feces and the waste that was inside of, of that, and they dug this child out. I know, if this doesn't touch your heart, nothing will. I'm, I'm done. If this doesn't touch your heart, I quit. Hallelujah. <laughs> and they dug, they dug this boy out, and they gave him the name of favor. 
And so he went through a couple operations. The doctor said he will never see, he will never walk, he will never talk, blah, blah, blah. Never, never, never. How many of you realize that God doesn't know about the word never? Amen? Our God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever imagine. And so favor is the oldest child in this orphanage. And he is, the, there's a child in a red shirt, and then the child behind him, that's favor. He is gorgeous. He's handsome. He's healthy. He walks. He runs. He plays. He talks. And he loves like there's no tomorrow. That's why you need to be around somebody who's had terrible things in their life, but they found Jesus. They know God at a way that we just don't even understand him. So this is the time we're at this orphanage. And I'll report to you that you don't even probably realize this, but we gave $480 because that's all I could dig out of my pocket from you guys at this trip. And we bought furniture for, for this, this orphanage. And so the guy sitting on the floor, his name is Shadrach. And Shadrach, you've heard me say, owns a bakery. And so when, when we brought uh, the UCE team, Shadrach's on that team, he saw these, these children and he vowed that every day he would bring bread to them. And he has been true to his word every day. You see what? When you're a blessing, it affects other people's lives. And when it affects their lives, then they become effective to do even greater work for God. And so listen, the first thing I do when I get to Burundi because I know what food's going to be like, we head to Shadrach's Bakery, and we get some of his incredible bread. And so all of these people are, the, the adults there are the workers in the nursery, or the, the orphanage, and you, through your gift, listen to this, I sent $360 to this orphanage, and I told Kun Lee, uh, and uh, he'll be coming up here soon, he's not in this picture, I told, yeah he is, He's in the blue shirt in the middle. I told him, you take $160 for your family and take $200 and spread it out amongst the, the workers that you have. And Kun Lee texted me back. He said, kindly, Pastor, if it be okay with you, I only want to take $100 and I want to give $260 to the orphanage workers and the, and the Sundays, or the, uh, 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 he's starting a school, the workers at the school. So 13 people received 53,000 uh, Burundian francs. And go to the next picture. And here's, here's, you know, people were asking me, Pastor, how do you know that this money is going to be accounted for there? Well, listen, we only deal with the best people in these nations. We've given money to them before, and we know that they can be trusted. And so here's your proof. This is what... Uh, Kun Lee has done. On the left, there's the preschool distribution, and on the right, there's the uh, uh, distribution to the workers. There's the, the, I have pictures of them receiving their monies, and I have a video of them thanking all of you. But this is the documentation that comes, in, and, and I have more of this than I ever could even care to print out for you guys. But your money not only got there, which was a difficult thing to do. The enemy tried a hundred different ways to stop us from getting the resources from the offering to them. But I just showed you this because I have this kind of documentation from every place we've gave money to 
you can trust that your money got there and it's being used properly. Give me the next picture. Uh, this is uh, the two folks in the, in the middle. That's Kuhn Lee, and I'm, I'm just lost at his faith, I believe is his wife's name. Uh, but that, that's the ones who came from Nigeria. This is all their staff. Uh, keep going. Let's look at what the next picture would be. They're sitting on the benches you bought, the couches you bought. That's what they're sitting on. And here's, here's part of them. Uh, Faber was their first. I believe they're up to 20 orphans now that are in their, their care. What an amazing story. Aren't you glad that Kuhn Lee is our friend? I mean, seriously, he is our friend. When we first met him, he was showing us a, uh, 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 something about their ministry, and he had a projector that was 900 years old that he couldn't get to work, and I said, oh, no. I got 150 projectors in 18 suitcases. You're getting a brand new projector. We've given him a brand new computer so that he's able to do the things that he needs to do at the, at the top level. Go to the next picture. Is that, is that okay? Are you guys excited about hearing these stories? And I'm, there's his projector right there. And we give an OH and an IO everywhere we go. Hallelujah. What's round in the ends and high in the middle? There you go. Your pastor's... Supporting the Buckeyes. Okay, keep going. Uh, these are uh, some of the people who received the gifts. These are the workers from the school. Go ahead again. Okay, these, uh, before I, I, I just say something real, real quickly about this, I just want you to know that uh, Kuhn Lee is amazingly thankful. I'm, I, I, I can't find it. He said, on behalf of the orphanage and the schools, what an honor it is to be a part of the team from Redeemer's Church. They want to thank Redeemer's Church for their love, for their gifts, and for their support. And they look forward to working with us in the future. These are our friends from the uh, United Christians for Evangelism. Uh, people like this I've never met before in my entire life. The guy in the very middle, that's Isaiah. You're going to get to meet him one day. He's going to come here. But these are all of his team. These guys do crusades. They do all kinds of stuff. They are the ones that facilitate not only our Bible colleges in Burundi, but in many African nations. So I can't even tell you the amount of people. Uh, uh, 30 pastors who are our leaders uh, got $150. The citywide ministry in Gatega, one of those pastors, was one who got that. He gave us money away. Orphanages and schools. And the U UCE preaching team, hundreds of people in Burundi received help from us. And we got this back on behalf of all the pastors and UCE team. I take this opportunity to thank you and the church. This supports uh, will help us in many ways. One, this time is not easy for the parents because of times of taking children back to school. This has shown our regional reps that we care for their work and this will help them care for our ministry. It has helped the UCE team to see how much you love them and care for what they do. It has also helped me to show how much I care for my team because I took the $440 and I shared the blessing with all of my teammates and that you see right here. They, they are smart, they're amazing, they're full of faith, they do incredible work, and you got to be a part of their life. I'm just... I'm sorry, but this is important. I, you guys need to, to know this. Praise the Lord. This is from Burundi, my brothers in Christ. 
I would like to share the situation I'm facing in the past. My child was sick and transferred to Ngazi Hospital, so he was hospitalized for a week on our part. We are empty-handed. We have to take a debt to pay the medical care. Just Tuesday as we got home, the other child falls ill and enters the hospital to be hospitalized. He is now in. And more than that, I have five children schooled in the different hand classes, and I was not buying any materials. But following this blessing I have just received from the family of Dr. Dwight and the Redeemer's Church, I'm able to solve all these problems already mentioned above. So I don't need, uh, so I don't see, uh, anyway, he said thanks, incredibly. I have testimony after testimony after testimony. I just copied out some of these. I'm reading a thousand miles an hour because I want you to see. One last that I'll share with you comes from Mexico. Uh, from Zeneda Fuentes and Lenny Herrera from Comitán. I believe you guys have met them. It says, blessings, beloved pastors. First of all, I want to thank all of uh, you, the love of God and his work. Thank you also for the offering to this family. And he goes on to thank us and HPIM and blah, blah, blah. We do not know you in person. How cool is that? We don't even, you don't even know these people, but they know you. We don't know you in person, but it would be a blessing to be able to greet you at some point. Pastor Noe contacted us when we were preparing to travel to Chiapas, uh, to Tapachula, we did not have the budget completed. This trip is for a medical appointment for my wife who suffers from a lot of pain in her knees and a lot of migraines. We ask for your prayers, blah, blah, blah. We are pastors of Comitán, Chiapas, Mexico, serving uh, to go forward and continue trusting God for his promises. We will be praying for you because the money that you gave us enabled us to complete this trip and to see my wife get the proper medical attention that she needs. I mean, testimony after testimony after testimony that I'm not even going to be able to get to uh, today. But this is what I just want to say to you, okay? And I'll try to wrap it up here because I've got lots more that I'd like to share with you. Turn with me, if you would, to uh, Proverbs chapter 11. This is what God shared with me yesterday. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, would you agree? But there's a lot of good stuff, too. You know, people ask me all the time, how are you doing through all of this? And I'll say, through all of what? They'll say, well, how are you dealing with the pandemic? I said, there's a pandemic? They'll say, how are you? Is your church still closed? And I said, no. I said, what are you talking about? All I know is that my God is amazing. He's incredible. He is good. And we're doing work that's touching thousands of people around the world. Maybe because we're so busy with all of that, I didn't even notice there was a pandemic. Somebody showed me this the other day. They asked an Amish man why the pandemic has not affected the Amish community. And his response was, it's because we don't have television. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> it's not affecting us because we're not listening all day long to television. Listen, let me, let me excite you. This is what Proverbs, uh, and I'm not downplaying what's happening, but we serve a God that's bigger than a pandemic. Come on, people. 
We serve a God who's bigger than all of these situations. But we also serve a God who said in Proverbs 11, 24 through 25, it says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will therefore be refreshed. So I took all of this time today to say, hang around givers. Givers change the complexity of every negative situation. When you put a giver in the midst of something that looks like a tragedy, I guarantee you things will begin to change. You know, we've always said over the years, that cheesy statement that you can't outgive God. But I want to add another layer of cheese to it. You can't outgive God. And I want to thank all of you because God showed me on Saturday that this was a test of the remnant church. How would we handle something of this magnitude? What would our response be? Would we be a remnant church who digs deep and gives sacrificially? Or would we just give a little bit to, to make a show? Listen, you guys passed with flying colors. And not only are you a remnant church for this situation, but this is a practice for the things that God's going to put in front of our plates in the years to come. So what excites me is, is that that means you're going to be extremely refreshed. Amen. Because in this giving, he not only watches over you, as it says in Luke 6, 38, and Malachi 3, 8 through 11, 2 Corinthians 8. I'll put those scriptures in the midweek. But he, he blesses us. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others themselves, they will be refreshed. Would you stand with me? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this lengthy message that you gave today. But God, quite frankly, I practiced this thing a hundred times this week, and there was no way to make it uh, anything other than what it was. And so, Father, I thank you, and I pray, God, that this congregation will be refreshed. This congregation will be excited. This congregation will stand in victory, knowing and understanding that they have a God who loves to chase down his children and give them blessing. That they serve a God who is willing to give. He is the initial giver and we just follow his lead. And this God provides everything that we need to be what he needs us to be for this time. We are the sons of Issachar. We were brought here for such a time as this. And so, Father, strengthen us, encourage us, watch over us, and let a hedge of protection function on all of the people of this amazing remnant church that you have brought to Columbus, Ohio. Help us to affect our city and touch the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, today we give you praise because you are worthy of all our praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise offering. He is worthy to be praised.
Go in peace and be a giver. You change lives as you give.